Hey everyone, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, Episode 1. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Every week, we'll talk all things books and reading and do a little literary matchmaking with one guest. Before we do that, I want to ask you guys to go to whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash iTunes and hit subscribe. Since this is a new show, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. Today, our guest is Jamie Golden, and I'm delighted to have her on the show. Jamie's so much fun to talk to in general, whether it's in real life or on her hilarious Twitter feed at Jamie's Rabbits, so you can imagine how great it was to talk books with her. You may know Jamie from her podcast, The Popcast with Knox and Jamie, or from her swoon-worthy cake pops that you may have seen on her Instagram feed at Jamie Sweet Revenge. But whether you already know her or not, I can promise you're going to enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, here's my talk with Jamie Golden. Jamie Golden, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anne. I'm so excited because you know you're my book whisperer. (laughs) <laughs> I love that phrase so much. Uh, it's my favorite. Like I'm always standing in a library aisle looking weird like I'm in the stacks because I'm looking on modern Mrs. Darcy looking to see like I'm going back to the summer reading God and being like, what should I read? And then I'm always angry because all of the minivan moms have already snatched all these books up because they're planners and they're good and they're smart and they don't plan to read like this. They're they're smart and I'm not. So I'm I'm very so thankful for cute. all of the hundreds of books that you have spent time reading away from your children. Thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh, it is my pleasure. And <laughs> I'm so happy to have you, not just because I think you have excellent taste, independent of yourself, not just, you know, <laughs> reading Modern Mrs. Darcy in the Stacks, but also you have opinions about the books you read and you're not afraid to share them. So I'm I really have, looking forward to hearing about your books. I have so many opinions. So many. <laughs> well, I want to hear them. Okay, Good. here's how this works. You're going to tell me three books you love, one book you hate, and what you've been reading lately, and then we'll talk about what you should read next. So okay. start with your favorites, three books you love. Okay. So just for the record, this was a very difficult process. I felt very stressed by you and I felt very accosted by you to have to narrow down three books I love. It was like choosing my least favorite Kardashian. It was very difficult, but I hate choosing favorites. So I just want you to know that I know what kind of position I put you in. Okay, good. I appreciate All right. the battle. All right. I just want the empathy. Thank you. Okay. So the first book that I picked is Persuasion by Jane Austen. Now, that is a lovely pick. Um, Did that one edge out other Jane Austen novels or is it in a class all to itself? It's really in a class all to itself, but I do, I have a hierarchy and I I always, I want to say I feel a little pretentious because I don't pick what I feel like is always the obvious choice. Although I love Pride and Prejudice and Emma and Sense and Sensibility and Mansfield Park. I mean, I love all of her novels, but I mean, I love the scraps of paper that have been produced. Like she wrote on this napkin once in a, <laughs> you know, a bar, right? Because Jane Austen went to bars. But Persuasion is very much, I am Anne because I'm, I've always lived a little bit of life thinking, did I make the right decision? Did I, so that's always been like an undercurrent of my whole life, like, because I tend to make decisions pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that Anne wrestles with, did I make this wrong decision? And then realizes, yes, I did make this wrong decision. He is a delight and I should have chosen him and I didn't. And so I think it just resonates as does most books that you love the most. There's something about it that just resonates on a 
weirdly maybe subconscious level and that's why I love persuasion Ooh, the most. I love your reasons. That is my favorite Jane Austen novel at least a third of the time. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. <laughs> okay, book 2. Book 2 is Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. Okay. And what about that one? That is a that's an ugly cry kind of book. And that's exactly why I love it. I don't generally read a lot of romance novels, mainly because it just makes me pine for something. And maybe my tender life is not going exactly like <laughs> I'd hoped. But that book, when I end, when it ended, I did ugly cry to the point that I just leaned into it and couldn't stop. And I like any book that makes me feel something viscerally. So mm-hmm. if it's anger or relief or sadness, I love I mean, you could not, to me, I, you can't spend a better night than fetal position on a rug listening to like Ray LaMontagne and the feeling all the feels. And so that's why I love that book so much. Excellent. Your third. What's your third? My third, which feels like it is not like the others, mm-hmm. is 112263 by Ooh. Stephen King. Okay. I've read exactly two Stephen King books. I love them both. I'm terrified to read any of his other stuff. 112263 was one and his memoir on writing was the other. Which I love is, them, but I'm scared of like traditional Stephen King horror. Talk to me yes. about your relationship with Stephen King. I love Stephen King and we have a I feel like my relationship to him is exactly like Joey Tribbiani and uh, Rachel Green on Friends when they switch books and he reads Little Women because it's her favorite and she reads The Shining and they put it in the freezer because it's with so many feelings. So I've read I would say half of his catalog, which is what, 7,000 books. He writes all the time. And But one of my best book experiences was reading Misery. And I remember... Shudders. Oh, my gosh. I remember being so frightened and overwhelmed and like having to put it down page by page, being so frightened by it. And I really don't invite fear into my life very often. But something about Stephen King, it's like a safe fear. Like this is not real and this is not happening but you can actually bury yourself very deep in the plot and the characters and everything about it. So I love him, even his horror, because I really think he's a great storyteller and he's a great developer of characters. So I'll let the hacking of feet behind a couch, like I'll let that stuff slide because... Are you being serious? Because seriously, I've only seen the movie previews with Kathy Bates and that was enough for me. (laughs) Well, if the... A minute and a half trailer is your is all you can take. I would say stick stick with that. Don't <laughs> don't go any further into his his books. But if it's a safe fear, I always feel like it's a safe fear. But I, it's definitely a daytime reading. Like I don't read him at night. But on writing eleven twenty two sixty three, it transform. It reminded me that he is not just a genre writer. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get pigeonholed, and when he's really just an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Now tell me about one book you hate. So again, so many books I've hated. Like I could just spend days. But I thought that would be a fun episode. That would be a fun episode. And I'm a big fan of like, what's the worst? And so this was hard for me. But I picked and I know that this is I feel like this is even controversial talking to you about it. But I read Go Tell a Watchman by Harper Lee. And I hated it. I hated it from the beginning. I hated it in the middle. And I hated it at the end. Okay. I read that book. And I think even without reading that book, you could know that there are so many possible ways to hate that book. So talk to me about the nature of your hatred for that novel. Well, I'm very protective. I'm from Alabama. I have seen To Kill a Mockingbird live in Monroeville. 
I've driven by the nursing facility where Harper Lee mm-hmm. lives, like, and maybe stalked her just a smidge. It's fine. But I I don't like sequels as a general rule. So that can be movies. It can be second seasons of TV shows that maybe try to do better than the first. And it's just a, that sophomore slump is a real thing for me. And although it took many decades for that sophomore slump to come from Harper Lee, I felt like, and even though she really wrote it first, Revisiting those characters and changing my connection. She altered my connection to them in a way that I did not enjoy. So the writing is great. Like there's things about it that her as an author, I don't begrudge, but I did not like that she transformed my relationship to these characters that I very much had already created a world in my mind of how they turned. I already knew how Scout turned out. I already knew how Atticus died beloved and the funeral was like this national thing and Like, in my mind, I already knew how those things turned out, and she changed it in a way that did not build upon it in a positive way. It actually kind of crumbled the good. So I've just chosen to forget that I read it. It's just not part of my memory, and it's easy. I'm an ADD survivor, so I don't have to remember, and I just – I go back and actually read – I reread To Kill a Mockingbird that I've read many times, but I reread it to to cleanse cleanse your palate. To cleanse my palate from Go Tell a Watchman. I thought Go Set a Watchman was – fascinating the writer in me was fascinated by how ghost at a watchman became to kill a mockingbird and it gave me so much respect for her editors who saw like the kernel of mockingbird and watchman and changed it but yeah there was a reason that book wasn't published a long time ago and so i loved watchman but i kind of hated it and i really hated the fact that it even came into existence although the writer in me loved that i could see that peek behind the scenes Well, and I'm one of those people, I'm not a writer. I write tweets. Like, that's really my wheelhouse. (laughs) But the idea that my, it would be like if my draft folder of my tweets suddenly got published and I'd be like, wait, 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 I was working, I was working on those. Those aren't ready. They're in the draft folder. So it felt very much like a violation of, and I'm obviously very protective of her. Like, obviously she's like my aunt, like she's like my aunt. And so I, I feel protective of her and it felt like she was violated in some way. The draft and she, folder. And she yeah. may have been well she may have been well informed. I just don't choose to believe that. And I, I really do create realities for myself that are whatever I want them to be. That's how I navigate the world. It's really a much happier place because of that. I like it. <laughs> okay. Tell me what you're reading right now. Um, I'm reading right now a book by Alexander Kleeman called You Too Can Have a Body Like Mine, which is a weird selection, but it came to me through I, I there's a reviewer, there's several reviewers at slate.com that I love and they recommended it and it got on a short list of like best books of the month when it came out. So I put it in my queue and I read it and I tell people, I wish I could summarize it. It's, it is essentially fight club for women. That's, that's what the book is. So I I can't even imagine. I know. So it's, it's funny. It's comical. It's, uh, the characters are named A, B, and C. I'm, I'm really a fan of that. Um, it's very different take on gender issues and beauty. And, you know, she joins a church called the conjoined eaters. Like I love that. And, but it's very much about identity and, and kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a nod to the culture we live in and how, you know, the beauty of who we are and the Instagram of who we are really defines us sometimes. And so, but if you love Chuck Palahniuk and his book, Fight Club, or the movie, which is also a Mm -hmm. a treasure, then you'll really like this book. I mean, I just, it was weird, but I loved it. Okay. Very cool. Before we move on to recommendations, can you tell me if there's anything you'd like to be different in your reading life right now? 
Um, well, I, I've, there's something I've always wanted to be different in my reading life. I read about people who I'm like, I'm reading seven books right now and I just love them all. And I always just think, I wish I could read seven books at a time. Like I can't. And so when I sit down to read a book, when I tell you I'm reading it right now, I don't mean that. I mean, I read it because I sat down and started the book at 9 PM and I finished it at 3.30 AM. I, it is so rare for me to ever read a book in more than one reading in a day. Like wow. I read a book in a day. No, it's like, wow, that's so great. Oh, you abandoned all your laundry and your, <laughs> your schedule and you canceled dinner with people because you're like, no, no, I have to finish this book. Like I have to finish. So I do that almost with every book. I finish it. That's why I try to start later so I don't impact the Even the with life. Stephen King because that's like 800 pages. It was. I will say that was probably the only book, but I did finish it in two days. So I broke it up. Wow. And it was really just because I love sleep and sleep is an idol and I love it so much. But I will read. So I wish I could change that about myself, that I could maybe have more than one book going at a time. I I wish I could not feel obligated to finish a book. I took a speed reading course in college, and I don't read any of the words that are around quoted dialogue. That's how you speed read. And so I can read a book really fast. But of course, you miss out. So if it says like, and looked upon the meadow and turned to Will and said, you are my beloved. Well, I wouldn't even read. I wouldn't even know you're in a meadow. I would just know she thinks Will's great. Very nice. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the book I'm actually working on right now. Oh, I'm excited to read it. A love story. Okay. So I don't have a magic wand to fix that for you, but I won't recommend anything that's 900 pages. How does that Thank sound? you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. So what I'm thinking is you like good story. Yes. You like good writing. Yes. You don't want anything that's going to totally ruin your life if you can't get up even to go to the bathroom before you finish. That's right. And you don't mind going dark. For sure. Okay. Oh, and you like the visceral gut punch experience. Oh, I want to fill all the feels. Excellent. Jamie, I have three books in mind for you. Are you ready? I am so ready. So ready. Okay. My first pick is The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. So Amazon just made this into a series, which I've heard is really good and Will really wants to watch, but we haven't yet. Are you familiar with the book, the series, any of that? I actually only knew about it from the series and I have watched, it was maybe one of the best pilot episodes because they released the pilot episode a year ahead of the series. Now the series is out and I love it mainly because I love history being retold mm -hmm. and you didn't even know that. And so this makes me very much want to read the book. Ooh, okay. So that's exactly what I had in mind when I picked this. So 112263 and Station 11, they both totally mess with history. I think in a good way, a way that's a lot of fun. So in this novel, and it's old, like he wrote this in 1962. Wow. Um, and it was set that same year because in his alternate reality, World War II ended in 1947 and the United States lost. So now Imperial Japan and Nazi Germany are ruling what is now the United States with an iron fist. So in the book, he imagines what that looks like. Okay, here is why I'm hesitant to recommend this book to you. I'm totally doing it anyway. But here are my reservations. Okay. He is not by any means the storyteller that Stephen King is or Emily St. John Mandel, because nobody can tell a story like Stephen King. No. Let's, let's face it. But the concept is terrific, and the nitty-gritty details of what he imagines life in this alternate reality to be like are just so interesting. See, I think I would like that because you recommended in one of your reading guides to read The Martian, right? And I love The Martian as much for the nitpicky 
Like what's happening in the station and how is he making this work? Like how to grow potatoes? How to grow potatoes. I was weirdly fascinated with that. So I definitely think I would love it. Even if it's not, you know, romantic prose, I would still love the details of just this being this weird place. So I love it. It is definitely lacking strong narrative drive. And people are split. Like the people who are inclined to say the book is better than the movie think the book is better than the movie. I haven't seen the series, but I'm tempted to think that this one might be better on the big screen, but or the TV size screen, whatever you call that. But I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I want to put that on your reading list. Okay, good. Book two, A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. And I just finished this. So it's top of mind. Have you is this a title you're familiar with? No, not at all. Okay, so topically, this book is a cousin to me before you. But in this version, instead of the protagonist being like a young girl who's floundering or a hot guy in a motorcycle accident, your hero is a grumpy old man. And he has a heart of gold, but you don't find that out for a while. On page one, you just think he's a grump. But over the course of the book, his story gradually comes out and it starts to make you laugh. I mean, this one is laugh out loud funny, but it's also totally a tearjerker and it sneaks up on you. Like I listened to the audio of this book, which was completely fantastic. Just if you need something for your audible cue. I was listening to this book while I was like putting on my mascara on a Sunday morning and I was just listening and listening and laughing. And then all of a sudden I had that visceral reaction you were talking about, like overcome by like weeping when we were getting ready to go to church. And Will was like, are, are you okay in there? <laughs> like, it's just so good. I love it. It sounds like Up, the movie Up. Like he's a grumpy guy and then you fall in love with him. It is very similar to Up, as a matter of fact. And the writing is good, too, which is really saying something because it was originally published in Swedish. So this is a translation. And that doesn't always go so well. But no worries. The writing's strong. It's I, I think you might enjoy that. And some of the same plot elements in Me Before You are present in A Man Called Uva. That's all I'm going to say. But for readers okay. who didn't like the content in Me Before You, the themes... Right. You're not going to like a man called Uva. Um, I trust the Swedes because of Ikea and because Stieg Larsson. I loved The Girl with the Dragon I Tattoo. I those. Oh, my gosh. So good. Maybe not the last two, but the first one, so good. And meatballs. They do those so great. I have some Ikea meatballs in my freezer. I've never actually tried them, but we bought you need them a, the last time we were there. And you need to defrost those immediately. All right. And, and then cook them. I'll don't do it just, just for you. Okay, good. <laughs> See, I don't even know. I don't know if they need to be cooked or not because we haven't we haven't done those. No, I'm pretty sure all food in the freezer needs to be cooked except ice cream. No. I mean, I'm listen, no. I'm no chef. Obviously, <laughs> pizza is my favorite dish to eat out. Sounds so good I don't to me. Know much. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. I'd like to make a nice speaking of pizza segue, but it totally doesn't work because the next novel is set in South America. So my final pick for you is Bel Canto by Anne Patchett. Have you read it? Is Anne Patchett, what is Anne Patchett written? Anne Patchett, she's a contemporary novelist. She wrote State of Wonder, The Magician's Assistant, The Patron Saint of Liars. She's also written some nonfiction. Her collection came out a couple years ago. This is the story of a happy marriage. That is what I've read. Okay. This is the story of happy marriage, which and, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that collection. Her memoir, Truth and Beauty, about Her friendship with her friend Lucy, I can't remember her name, is supposed to be amazing and gut-wrenching, but I'm a little scared of it for those reasons, so I haven't actually read it yet. Oh. So, Bel Canto, I haven't read all her stuff. I've read maybe 40% of her work, and Bel Canto is my favorite thing I've read by her. This sounds like an improbable plot, 
but she fuses opera together with a hostage crisis. Oh, I love it. It totally works. Okay, so she based this novel loosely on a real-life situation. So in 1996 and 1997, there was a hostage crisis in Peru at the Japanese embassy, and so she built on that idea to set this thing. So here's the premise of the novel. It's set in this unnamed South American country, and there's this Japanese businessman that the diplomats and business people want to do business with, and he doesn't want to come, and they know he doesn't want to come. So they bring in this renowned soprano, because he's a total opera buff, and say, you have to come here, Roxanne Koss. And he does. And when he does, he becomes... Uh, he's taken hostage along with everybody at the compound by um, revolutionaries. The country's president, this is one of my favorite details. The country's president was not in the hostage crisis because his favorite uh, soap opera is on on Tuesday nights and the event was on a Tuesday night. So he wasn't on the premises, but the soap opera plays a role in, in the plot. I love forward. it. I just really love all the disparate elements she weaves in. The concept is terrific. It's highly readable. And the fact that this was based on a true story just kind of blows my mind. I love, well, I love when they take, I love based on a true story. I mean, I have watched, I mean, I've watched Zero Dark Thirty more times than I can count. And that does not make sense at all. Like, I love anything based on a true story. Mm -hmm. So that sounds right at my alley. Plus, I've already imagined that the president that watches the soap opera is hot. So (laughs) I've already figured it out in my head. So I'm very excited because listen, that's what I'm looking for. A hot guy who likes scandal. I just kind of pictured him as an old guy watching TV. See, far, that's why we're different. Away. You're married. You're married with four children, and I am single. <laughs> that's how we're different, Anne. Touche. Well, lucky for you, it's a novel. It hasn't been made into a movie, although it seems like it could be a really good one. So you can imagine a way to your heart's content, and nobody's going to mess with that. Perfect. Those are great. You have just given me three nights without sleep. I'm so excited. I would like to feel good about this, but instead, I feel kind of guilty. No, no, no. There's no, there's no condemnation in books. Okay. Should I send you like cases of espresso and Mountain Dew to go with these? That will not hurt my feelings at all. So yes, you could do that. Excellent. Okay. Any thoughts on what you'll read next? I think the bel canto I really love because who, what doesn't say bring in the new year, like a hostage situation. Exactly. And oh, I didn't tell you, Belcanto is only 336 pages. So I don't know what kind of clip you read at, but if you start at nine, you can definitely finish by 3 a.m. That, that's an easy peasy read. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like a third the length of 112263. Uh, perfect. I got it. All right. I want to hear what you think. Of course. I will be, I will, I will tell you the truth too. I'll be I like, know, I know. I want to hear it in all your opinionated glory. But I don't doubt it. You're again, you're my book whisperer. So, okay. Well, I need to read more Ann Patchett. I haven't read enough because I really love the novels I read by her, but this one is my favorite and I. I'm happy to share. It's worth a sleepless night, Jamie. Perfect. I cannot wait to have red eyes and under eye circles for for a good reading experience. For a good cause. It's worth it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much for chatting. It was fun. Thank you, Anne. Happy reading. Happy reading. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Wasn't that such a fun conversation? Jamie is a blast to be with, and it was so much fun to make some potential new reading matches for her. Remember, you can connect with Jamie on Twitter or Instagram at Jamie's Rabbits. And she has her very own podcast about pop culture called The Popcast. So definitely check that out. Before we go, don't forget to go to whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. The internet is a noisy and busy place where you can get easily distracted. 
Getting subscribed early means you won't miss any episodes and the new ones will download automatically to your podcast playing app. Thanks so much for listening to this first episode. I'm so excited to be podcasting and I've got some really great guests booked that will lead to some great conversations about books and reading. Okay, well, that's it for episode one. As Rilke says, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. I'll see you next time.